Hello, everybody. Welcome. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to crack on if that's okay. So, Absolutely. welcome to uh, in rubbish all evening. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, not all evening. Uh, welcome to uh, series two, episode four. Episode four of Frankenstein's RPG, The Space Years. Uh, and today we're looking at uh, initiative and then combat. I thought we'd do it in that order. Is that okay? It's usually only Tamsin who changes the running order at the last minute, but if you have no objections, initiative followed by combat, that's okay. That's, that's, kind, uh, of, that's kind of how it works, isn't it? I think so. So uh, uh, what I'd like you to do all first, please, is to introduce yourself, which I forgot to do last time until halfway through. So if we go in in, in order that I can see everybody, if that's okay. Martin, do you mind hey. uh, introducing yourself? Hey, I'm Martin, Martin Glassboro at StorageBot on Twitter. Yeah, looking forward to this. It's my first time, so it could be interesting. Sucker. Uh, and um, Paul, could you introduce yourself, please? Hello, I'm Paul Fricker, uh, at Paul Fricker on Twitter. Second series and episode four of the Frankenstein's RPG podcast. <laughs> four episodes. Hmm. Thank you for your support and for downloading us. I really, really appreciate that. And uh, please do keep the feedback coming, even if it is just the occasional rage tweet uh, and shouting into the void. It's all good fun. So, in this episode, Ralph, Paul, Martin, and Lee. Uh, join me to look at both combat and initiative in this the sci-fi game of Frankenstein's RPG, the podcast. Very special Twitter mention to all those who uh, joined in the uh, debate on this episode. I've tried to name check and, and include as many as you as I could. The time both allowed uh, and also had good suggestions, I thought. Apologies if we missed you out, but uh, thanks for joining in. And please do keep it going, because it's always good to see those sort of Twitter feed uh, debates going. It's really good. Keep it coming. For those of you who are new to us, what's it all about? Well, each episode we get a group of grodnards together to look at the very best elements of role-playing games on a given theme or subject. We sort of debate a bit. Uh, laugh probably a little bit as well, waffle a lot more around the topic, and then vote on which games will contribute to the creation of the Frankenstein's monster of a game. Now, it is a sci-fi game in this series, and the idea is that once we've constructed this sort of devilish entity, we play it and see if it all hangs together, or indeed falls hopelessly apart at the seams. And quite frankly, I know where my money is going. Thanks for all the participation again, and listen, I hope you enjoy this episode. Lots of fun, uh, and again, here we go, the most odd of creative exercises. Yeah, uh, one uh, of the members of the Good Friends of Jackson Elias podcast, which you should also listen to. Uh, Ralph, 
Hi, I'm Ralph Lovegrove. Uh, I'm at Fixplasm on Twitter, and I do the Fixplasm podcast and um, a bit of uh, game design, including my game Stormhack, and a few other things. And I do silly things like build awkward keyboards and stuff. That's what I do. Yes, and finally Lee. Hello. Yourself, yes, hello. I'm Lee, Lee Carnell. And yes, I was surprised I was asked back too. Um, that's at LP Carnell on Twitter. And uh, this can't go wrong, can it? Mm. It's that laconic drawl that, uh, that that brought you back. Good. So, <laughs> that and cash. Oh, yeah, uh, that's what it was. Good. Welcome all. Thank you very much. So we're going to start... By having a look at initiative now, we did. Uh, this is quite interesting. We had, we had a few uh, a few people sort of lambast us, uh, certainly lambasting me on Twitter. Uh, Andy Horton, usually a man of extraordinary uh, perspicacity, except he's a Wolves fan. I won't know what that against him. Sentinels has each character or group of minions nominate who goes next. Sure, players can chain their actions nonstop, but then so can all the NPCs once they run out. That's, that's, that's popcorn, isn't it? That's popcorn. Yeah. Douglas Underhill at Robo Snake. Actually, Dun- Douglas Underhill makes words. Harsek. Harsek? Same to you. Fiction mm-hmm. first and mirrors real world violence as it incentivizes escalating first. Very biased as I wrote it. <laughs> so that's Parsec. Go and check it out. Douglas Underhill, Parsec. Uh, Fabio. Fabio Volonno, uh, always very, very, uh, well, very, very sweary, actually, is what he usually is. Uh, mothership. A little bit unsurprising if you've ever gamed with uh, with Fabio. He rather likes Mothership. And he's quite right to, too. Uh, and then the inimitable Daily Dwarf, at Daily Dwarf. Uh, a man of very few words, but all of them good. The 10-phase initiative matrix from the old Judge Dread RPG is a, wait, come back, stop running away. And and there it is in all its glory. I, I printed that out. I genuinely, I think that is a thing of beauty. Oh, happy days of that. It's, 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 on the, it's on the Twitter feed if you want to go and check it out. But numbers of action down one side, phases one to 10, the other. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, it's a superb way to marginalise half your party. Who would like to go first? Ralph, would you perhaps like to lead off initiative? Yeah, sure thing. I mean, when I was thinking about initiative, I mean, combat is combat is combat, but I was thinking, well, what does initiative mean? And what does it mean to, to most gamers? I guess it's like who moves first, and that's, uh, that's pretty obvious. Um, but what I was thinking about what it means to me, and it's it's really is it is it mental or is it physical? That's one of the questions I've got. Mm. Um, so I was thinking that it, initiative is to me it's the anticipation of the situation that is going on and being able to react before it happens, as opposed to having to react after it happens. Now I, I don't really think that changes much in the way of the choices I would have. Um, and that's certainly not always how it's perceived, but I have a particular view based on more generally sort of fighting theory and, and how fights happen. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it's 
that's where I'm coming from. Um, but thinking about games, uh, the the one I think that espouses that really well is the the simple the simple approach taken by the Black Hack that then I cribbed for Stormhack as well, and mm-hmm. that's simply you roll the dice and if you make your dexterity roll, you act before the monsters. And if you fail, you act afterwards. And I think that's, yeah. that's extremely elegant. Um, and everyone gets it. And it also means that you cut down combat rounds into three distinct phases, sort of mm-hmm. act before the monsters, monsters do something, act after the monsters. Um, really good. Everyone gets it. It doesn't need to involve complicated counting. Um, I do want to mention a couple of honourable mentions, though. Um, one is Feng Shui. And the thing I like about Feng Shui is that it's a linear scale. It gives you multiple actions, but it's a uh, it doesn't do it in, in such an absurd way as the Judge Dredd system, where if you've got, say, uh, I think, I can't remember if it's uh, which stat, that if it's speed or whatever, but you could have one character with five actions and another with three. And obviously, the person with five is going to dominate the conversation. Um, but in Feng Shui, it's, it makes a lot more sense because your, your general actions cost three shots. And if you draw on the table a, a three-column table to count down the shots down to zero in any one round, it's really easy for everyone to see when their next shot is happening. So what it yeah. what it does help is keep the pace going, which is which is uh, you really need it in Feng Shui, and I was I've always liked that. In the second edition, it's um, I think they've got it spot on for that kind of game. Whether it fits us, I don't mm. know, but uh, I thought it was worth mentioning. Now, the other one I want to mention because it's going to play into the next segment is a game with initiative baked into the combat role. And that is the one roll engine or hollow point. And that that is a game where both of those are games where you roll buckets of dice and look for matches. And those matches are each individual actions. And if you say roll um, seven dice and you get three twos and uh, a double, your the, the widest set will go first. And then the narrower sets go later. So what it does is you say, everyone, you're all doing this, roll the dice on the table, and then you can go around the table and the first thing to act is the widest set and the highest set, and then it counts down. And um, I think one roll engine really overcooks it, and I, I don't care for it, but I think hollow point is it treats it in a much more sensible way. Uh, and a simpler way, and that works. So I, I think those are worth checking out, but my vote would definitely be for the Black Hack for simplicity. Okay. If you must have an initiative system, because I think initiative is generally bullshit. <laughs> ah, well, you see, there, there was there was some uh, there were some dissenting voices about uh, initiative. A couple of people just said fight for it. In fact, the poll, the poll that I ran went to Fight for who starts. A little bit antagonistic, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Okay. Uh, Martin, would you like to go next? I was very tempted to say, let's not have initiative at all, because it's, as you said, it's bullshit. 
But there are lots of different ways. I did lots of reading about it, and I thought, well, you could roll a dice and add it to your decks. You just base it purely on decks, but that means the person with the highest decks always goes first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quite like either rolling something to allow it to be a bit swingy. Um, but actually, I'm going to stick with my first decision, Dave. It's going to be quite short and sweet. I don't think you should have initiative. I think you should just roll into the combat. So, and there are plenty of systems decide? which kind of do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how do you decide who does go first, or does it not matter who goes first? Does everybody it, go at the same time? Um, you could group people. It's up to you how you group. You group by decks if you really want to, or just take it in turns and then pick. You, we can have it so player, GM, player, GM. I, I just think it really fakes and it doesn't really work for any narrative game or any game style at all. Now, the interesting thing about initiative, it actually throws into one of the biggest debates in science fiction. Who shot first? Han or Greedo? Yeah, well, you just look look at each other and decide who goes first or who shouts loudest. But actually, I think it just, you, you, you can work it out. But I don't think any system does it particularly well. Otherwise, we end up going into things like strike, or you do a RuneQuest way and have, or BRP and have strike ranks, and that will drive even people even more mad. Oh, yeah. Strike ranks in space. Oh. Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, don't um, think and the so. other thing, the other thing I was going to, Dave, because we're in space, we're going to have a lot of melee, we're going to have a lot of ranged combat. Mm-hmm. And then initiative really starts to fall by the wayside at that point. Okay. Yeah. You could say there's some sort of technological advance, could you, that made yours go faster than the other one or whatever it might be? Okay. So scrap it. Don't have initiative. What the hell are you all talking for? Lovely. Thank you. Uh, Paul, can I turn to you uh, next? Yeah, um, interesting. So I think um, it occurs to me that if you're playing a game where the roles are opposed or where you're making a role where the when you fail, something bad happens to you, then initiative, initiative is less important. So Apocalypse World games, or Apocalypse World, let's say, doesn't have an initiative system you roll only the players roll dice. So uh, whoever you know is acting, um, they they roll their dice. But if you roll, if you fail the roll, then you you know you take damage based on the situation. So mm-hmm. if you're playing that kind of game, going first isn't necessarily an advantage. You might want to let somebody else have a go first and you know weaken the the enemy before you step in, perhaps. Whereas if mm-hmm. it's a more tactical traditional system you know like dnd where i go in i hit it with my sword if i miss nothing actually bad happens to me on the whole right it's hit or miss so actually getting in there first yeah definitely you want to get in first and because if i get in first and stab your goblin well they might not even get an attack on me so getting the initiative drop can be important so i think Although we're doing initiative first, it kind of depends a bit on what combat system is. But you know, uh, which came you're first? You're going to pull a Tamsin on me now, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, so 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 <clears throat> that being the case, then is that have you sort of settled that wrestled with that I question have. in your mind? The kind of combat that you might like, and therefore, yeah, I've initiative. I think having an initiative system is good because at the table you just want to. It wants to be sim- relatively simple and just inform people who's acting when. So there's a structure that you can sort of play with. 
So the one I've gone for is uh, from a game called Lancer, uh, published in 2019. It's a, uh, a futuristic game. It's a sci-fi game where humanity is spread out to the stars. And as players, you take the role of uh, mech pilots. The initiative system is, is quite simple. The players go first. So you, you've divided into two teams. There's the GM's NPCs and there's the player's player characters. The players go first. They decide which one of them acts first. Then the GM uh, has a go and he, he or she decides on which one of their NPCs goes first. So it just alternates back and forth. Once one side has run out of you know, uh, characters, then the other side plays all of theirs. The next round begins with the other side. So if the GM acted last in the first round, the players will act first in the second round or vice versa. Okay. Um, so it's, you know, it's that just swapping back and forth. Uh, and that's but you, my... But you, um, can, but you can choose who of you goes first. It doesn't have to be yeah, Johnny so think, Quick Pants or something. So that... that Because that, often... In a game, you don't necessarily want to go first. You want to hold your turn and let you know your friend go first, and then you're going to do something. So it's that hold that whole holding the turn thing that always you know enters into games, and this kind of automatically accommodates that because you know who's going to go first. Well, I want to wait until that thing goes, so I'm going to hold my turn. Well, I'm not going to hold my turn. Just somebody else goes, um, you know, first. It's all, it's all very democratic. Bugger. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's I mean, Martin, Lancer. you sort of put that you put that forward as a, a no initiative yeah. system, but I think that is an initiative system. Okay. You know, yeah. not. I mean, I I think not having an initiative system is is a something we can vote for. Um, yeah. Absolutely, but I think once you sort of say let's, yeah, yeah. I think no, the only reason saying minimal is you've, you've kind of foreshadowed my com- combat sequencing. Uh, ah, okay. Well, uh, you, no, 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 Martin, you don't have I, an initiative system. You can't talk about this. Can I jump in with something which which is a pet hate of mine? Is the declaration round? I don't know if that comes in combat or initiative. What would you say, oh, yeah. Dave? Oh, go on. Yeah, jump in. Give well, it that a whole thing that some games have with. Okay, first off, the GM tells you what all the NPCs are doing. And then you go around the table and all the players tell you what they're doing. And once they've said what they're doing, they can't change. That's what I was reading in some of the rule books last night. And then you, so like nothing, nobody's actually done anything yet. And you've spent like five minutes saying what you're going to do. Just get on and do it. I'll just go around. What are you doing? Okay. Yeah, well, you're yeah. doing it. When you say you're doing it, you're doing it. Roll it's, the dice. It sort, of com- it sort of compartmentalizes it all, doesn't it? You know, oh, everybody said what they're going to do at the party and then later on you do it at the party. So, sorry, Martin, you're, you're showing a, you're on mute. That's what I've well. been reading, Paul. That it's be blurring Lance. out because of your, you your background. Yeah. That's the hard copy of Lancer. Oh, right. Oh, that, oh, so in Lancer they do, they do the declaration bit, do they or not? No, Lancer's really. the one I was just talking about yeah, where they we, don't do yeah. the declaration phase, but they do that, that back yeah. and forth initiative. Yeah. Sorry, I, Martin was playing show and tell. I didn't realise. Sorry, yeah. I thought you. I thought you were commenting on one that does the declaration thing and holding it up as a as no. an item of dread. Yeah. No, there, there there are there are a lot of games actually do it. What are you all doing first? Mm. No, don't like that either. Good, like pet hates. Uh, Master Lee, 
<laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to. For, yeah, I, I suppose Paul there. The, 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 I've, I don't think I've ever played a game where you have to declare the actions and everyone goes around and then you, you carry them out. But to me, that that that's nonsense because it preclude it 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 um it assumes that you know you can't react in the time you've got in a round whatever that is to actually swing to another target or something like that which is which is a nonsense you know so um it, it's that's a complete waste of time i mean as, so, as we so, said, so in, in in the same way that we have uh uh whatever whatever we do in the game there has to be moments of wow uh, we will have no declaration phase. Of well. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the opposite of well because everyone said they were going to attack the, the um, yeah. you know, the alien, and and oh, the second attack killed it. So would you yeah. know? So no one can attack the ones behind it. It's you know, it's it's a nonsense, isn't it? Um, I mean, you know, yeah, it's a contentious issue. I think. I mean, as we said earlier, we talked about popcorn briefly. You know, where, where mm-hmm. someone goes, they declare who goes next. You can have all the players go in one block if you want, or or all the NPCs could go at one block, or, or or split up and everything, and and again, I think that's a, that's has got a similar flaw to it than, than the when you declare, and then you have the phase of, of, of what you're going to do because it, you know, you, you can get to a bit where people aren't going to have a go, or, or in, in action in the combat because it's all finished or it's not going to go around, you know, something like that. So I'm not not a fan of popcorn. I mean. The, the, the Troika one's interesting, you know, where you've got two tokens. No, it is interesting. It's rubbish, but it's interesting. <laughs> oh, well, I, I shall hastily change my nomination now. No, I, well, I just mentioned I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to nominate for. it. I mean, it, I wasn't going to nominate it. You know, um, but but it, it's, it, it's, I mean, like it, yes, there's some uncertainty in there because no one knows when the round's going to end, if, if you're going to do that or, or when you've got to, you know. And you've got to go, and um, but again, you know, you can get people that you know it's, it's akin to dice rolling. Someone always rolls really badly in the game, don't they? So someone's always going to pull yeah. the wrong tokens out of the bag, you know. And what happens if it's statistic? You know, I mean, I don't know what the uh, the chance of it on, but you could pull out the end of end of end of round token every turn, couldn't you? First turn out of the bag, yeah. Oh, look, yeah. Someone, some awkward people might even palm that token, might they, and keep pulling it out. You're getting very devious with Troika because well, very, very famous. Sorry, go on. No, no, well, you know, I mean, if it's, a, you know, sometimes you use cards or, or it could be a token, but, you know, if it's just like a, a poker chip or something, well, you can always palm a, po- a poker chip and just pull it out and say, that's what I've got, you know. I mean, no one it, plays it, games like that, obviously, to, to do things like that, especially this company. So, but anyway, you, what are you going to say, Dave, about that? <laughs> I was just going to say, Troika, of course, is uh, it's the swingers system. It's car keys in the bowl. Pampas grass. See who you get out. Yeah. Pampas grass. Oh. Remind me to tell you a story about a hotel not far away from where I live. But anyway, come. So, uh, yeah. And then then I thought about, oh, well, it's based on decks, isn't it? How quickly you can move. And then, and then Martin's right when he said that, you know, the same person goes first or last all the time. So you need an element of, of of chance in there. Um, Or Ralph, did you say that? I'm sorry if it was. Um, So then it's, but then it gets more and more complicated, doesn't it? As you do all that. So, and then one of the things I like in Cthulhu, like if you've got a readied weapon, 
well, you add 50 to your score, don't your deck score, so you like go for anyone else because pulling a trigger is easy. Mm-hmm. It's quicker than sort of jamming around. So I, I think we need, based on the, like your, I can't remember what the stats we picked, but there's got to be a speed or dexterity in there, isn't there? It's so, serenity. Yeah. So Serenity, and I have it here. Agility, strength, vitality, alertness, intelligence, willpower. Yeah, so Actually, so you have you have initiative as a as a sort of a substandard, not a, not a substandard. What would you call it? Well, it could go off as dexterity a or, or a perception or whatever it was on, on that one. Yeah, so alertness, alertness. Yeah, it would be alertness. Yeah. to me. So, I mean, but maybe if if that's the case, the player chooses which they want to roll on, and you. You know, if you've got a bonus, you add that to it, or you roll it. I think you've got to roll again. You know, you roll a dice, add it to that score, and you see where you fit in. Mm-hmm. And then that's the order. And you definitely can't hold your order, you know, your action. I think that's... No, no declaration phase, and no, you can't hold your action. No. Okay. Because if you know, because if you didn't want to hide dexterity or, or whatever, you, then you shouldn't have chosen it when you've created the character. <laughs> you fool! Yes. Okay. So, what are we going for then? Um, well, I, I, I mean, it, it's it's common, I guess, to, to million, you know, lots and lots of games, isn't it? Roll. I mean, whatever dice it's going to be, whether it's a, it won't, you can't roll like roll a d10, add it to your dexterity or or whatever else it is, and you go in that order. Do a particular game that you can sort of point at and say, "Well, that's how that works." Um, you pick. I don't know loads. I mean, Cthulhu works like that. Um, Delta Green works like that. Well, Delta Green is actually just index order straight off the bat, so you don't do anything else. Which is a bit weird. But um, yeah, I mean, actually, can't we, write, can't we write our own. Our, our own well, I, I, that that is how Serenity, funny enough, works like that. I think. You have your you have a dice for your alertness, uh, and a dice for initiative. I think. I'll have a look at it in the break in the interregnum. I'll have a look. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not going to win the vote, so it doesn't matter if we make one up. But... Serenity, we'll say. Good. Yeah. Well, I was going to talk about troika, but only from right. the perspective of being a swingers system. That was it. I, I, I quite like the idea of you know, start of the night. Keys in the bowl. Let's see who goes first, or possibly let's see who comes first. But we'll leave it there. So you, uh, so you said uh, you said pampas grass out in the front. Uh, what's in the back with your swingers? <laughs> Whatever you like. I'm I'm, I'm easy going. Hot tub, I think. I don't mind. The pub. Oh, sex pool. Mainly because uh, he's very small and Italian. But I suspect he's very good with knives. I'm going to go along with uh, Fabio. The problem is it's, it very, very closely uh, it mirrors um, a little bit the black hack from Ralph. So in, uh, in Mothership, uh, what you do is you and your crew makes, each make a speed check. So for us, that will be, I guess it's probably going to be alertness, isn't it? You make an alertness check. Those who pass can act before their enemies, and those who fail act after. So essentially, it's exactly the same system as the Black Hack, but done slightly differently and called Mothership. So um, 
what you can do though, what I thought was actually quite quite a good way of sort of, you know, introducing that element of, I think you actually said, Lee, why would you take a high dexterity when you're making a character if you want to hold your action or whatever? What Mothership I think does quite well is if you have the tactics skill, you can add your uh, skill bonus to your speed a characteristic. In this case, for us, it would be this alertness. Yeah, like uh, and 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 there is a, a further twist. A further twist, I tell you. Characters with the command skill, mm, they can give all nearby crew members their skill bonus on their checks. I thought that was rather clever. I, I thought like that'd that. be a quite a nice way of saying, you know, if you were going to be... Give you sort of a little bit of tactical now, because it's one of those things, isn't it, where if you don't know what you're talking about with tactics as a person in real life, but you have the tactic skill, how are you going to role play that one? We'll all rush in there and kill them. Doesn't quite work every time, does it? I, I like that. That's there's things like that on video games, like XCOM. When you get officers, one of their abilities okay. is, to, is something like that where you can give other people in your squad extra action points even if yeah. they've already used them so, i i have i have a horrible horrible feeling i know i think it's in king of dungeons uh it's been there is there is something in there because you are there is a a subclass in there called the or character class called is it commander oh there is a commander class yeah yeah it, uh, please don't tell me that comes from 13 days is it, it very probably, possibly, because that's what it's heavily based on, isn't it? So, if it, if it does, I'm going to have to kill myself. I'll edit this bit out if, it's, if that's the case. I will edit this bit out. I thought Baz had done a very good thing with it. I thought that was a great idea, having a commander who has that method of sort of uh, distributing his wisdom. But I th so I thought that quite, quite, worked quite well, and, and, and I am in absolute agreement. I think Mothership it would be my uh, initiative system. Uh, we have uh, Ralph who is saying bullet hack, but really just wants another opportunity to say uh, the name of the game that he has just uh, devised. Martin said, none. Screw you. <laughs> well, I'm not sure you said that, but, you know. Uh, Paul went for Lancer. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Where you are, mech pilots. I said, again, another blooming game I've got to buy. Uh, Lee, you said uh, it, it, we kind of likened it to sort of uh, well, I likened it to Serenity, probably completely wildly inaccurate. But you said D10 plus Dex or whatever it was. Yes. And I went for Mothership. Right. So, uh, who would like to go first in terms of voting? And uh, Martin, how about you uh, have a have a crack? So yeah. uh, you can't obviously vote for none. So Black Hack Lancer. Uh, this sort of Serenity D10 plus Dex idea or Mothership? So because it's closest to none, I think I'm going to go with Lancer. I quite like Lancer. I like Lancer a lot. It looks good fun. So, yeah, Lancer. It's kind of like spoiling your ballot, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's the closest one. It's the closest one to communist state. <laughs> uh, Ralph. Ralph, you cannot vote for uh, Black Hack. Mothership. Mothership. Yeah, um, I, I, I've, I, uh, I actually used exactly the same system 
the traveler I ran recently as well. I, I think okay. it's different. Uh, and uh, I've not yet got motherships to the table, but it sounds right up my street. Yeah, it is yeah. good. But, I think um, is it, there's a there's a there's a Kickstarter out there for it at the moment, isn't there? It's been around for quite a while, but there's a Kickstarter. There, there, there has been. I think I missed it. But yeah, oh, I've, right. I've got I've got PDFs. Great stuff. Okay, Lee, what are you going to go for? Obviously, can't be the sort of Serenity hybrid, Black Hack, None, Lancer, and Mothership. Well, I, I can't vote for Null or Lancer because that, that really doesn't solve the problem. You know, it's there for it's meant to decide who goes first, and who goes next. You know, so it, it's just dodging the issues. I'm afraid. I mean, we have to have it, so we've got to do so. So I'm, I actually, like when Ralph Cave said it, it, it's that clicked. I mean, yes. Black hack, it's simple, it's elegant, it's done it straight away. You know, if you, if you, yeah, you either go before the monsters or after the monsters, and that's it. I like it. Okay. Black hack, simple, elegant. Yep. Paul. Well, I've uh, realized that a, a fault in my own nomination of Lancer, in that as GM, I won't get to say roll for initiative. There'll be no dice rolling, will there? So what, what, why did I suggest that? So I'm going to go for Mothership because it, it gives, there is the role for initiative, which somehow is just one of those Pavlovian phrases that I feel I need to say and react to. And also I like that idea of the command skill actually having a function. You know, it it, it just brings a bit more to the table for certain characters yeah. to yeah. The, the role they'd play. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I like the sound of that. Good. Okay. Mothership, right? Oh, this. <laughs> see now, this is again. It's the judgment of Solomon. So at the moment, two for mothership, one for Lancer, one for Black Hack, uh, none for none, and none for Serenity. This is a D10 plus Dex. I, I'm, I'm going to have to take it, take it to a, a, another vote because I would vote for Black Hack. I think you're absolutely right. Quick, not uh, not dirty, but it's quick. But I think Black Hack is probably the one. Which means we've got to vote off. Although somebody did suggest, I think it was you, Martin, suggested hungry hippos. Which yeah. was quite a decent. I thought it was quite a good good idea for that. Very noisy. So we we have to go to a a a, a two way vote now. Okay, you can change your vote, and clear, clearly, both Ralph and I may well do. Uh, it's it's a straight black hack versus mothership. Okay. Martin, you can only say Black Hack or Mothership. Which is it going to be? Well, that was sort of saying I could only say Black Hack. I could see there, but I'm going to go with Mothership because I like the idea of command skill. Mothership. Hall. Yeah, I'll stick with Mothership. Ralph? I am going to go with Mothership because I think it's it's exactly the same as voting for Black Hack, isn't it, really? Okay. does the same thing, and it's a good choice. Okay. Lee, it no, appears we're redundant, but which would you vote for? Well, no, I'm not going to change my vote, so I'm sticking to my Black guns. Hack. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I would have voted for Black Hack again, even though I do like Mothership. I think it's even no, more... No, I, I, I don't think it's... Black it's yeah, it's a, it's a regular alternative, but Black Hack is obviously better. However, the inferior one is one. <laughs> That's often the way, isn't it? That's often the way. <laughs> Mothership. Mothership is the initiative system, which now means we need to have 
the skills of tactics and command somewhere in the game. Mm. Uh-huh. All these things come together. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Good. Mothership. Good choice. Mothership. I suspect now Fabio can retire. (laughs) (laughs) Happy days. Combat. Again, one of those things. There were a couple of uh, tweets. I'll just read a a few of the tweets. I thought there were were lots of very good contributions, but there's a few here. Uh, Kobe Act. Kobe action at Kobe action experiment with narrative combat. No fixed initiative. So I managed to get initiative in there. Whoops. Uh, no fixed initiative. Uh, combat doesn't have to be its own detailed time sink, but a seamless part of the ordinary gameplay. Mm-hmm. Not entirely sure what that means, but there we are. Jim McCarthy, JWMUK. Frequent contributor. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm going for hard sci-fi a la Ian M. Banks, where a small puff from a thumb-sized gun dissolves a planet. What would folks do knowing a combat encounter that involved weapons would lead to both sides' destruction? It's either going to be a very long, drawn-out game, or it's going to be very quick. Uh, Daily Dwarf again. Daily Dwarf makes it weapons. In that type of game, sorry. In that type of game, going first does make all the difference then. Yes. Yes. Maybe do the swingers initiative for that to heighten the tension. Well, it depends if you can stop the opponent's missiles, doesn't it, as in the real world? Well, no, well, if you, well, you said hard sci-fi, but I, I think what he's really getting at, yeah, is the embank stuff where you know you've got light speed weapons, you know, and, and gravity weapons, and all those esoteric stuff, you know, that just turns things, you know, turns the universe inside out for a split second and dumps you somewhere else, and then everyone's back to normal. So that, that's going to be like a, it'll be like a scenario where you have a whole load of couples sat in sofas and a big bowl of thumb-sized devices sitting in the middle. I take turns pulling one out and then shooting it at the other people and see what it does. Yes, and some of them take bigger batteries than others. That's right. Yeah. It's going to help feeling we're back at Troika again. <laughs> well, uh, the, the, the inimitable the Daily Dwarf, again, his one comment on uh, on combat was weapons must have multiple types of ammo, and he then he then posted a oh yeah very nice picture <laughs> of the judge dread of the judge dread lawgiver. I'm not saying he's a one trick pony. <laughs> well, he kind of is, but he could have also had um, Johnny Alpha's um, blaster because that was a was it the Krupp's Westinghouse variable cartridge blaster. I remember, and that had um, you know that had different things. It could fire from the same gun. So. Well, is it, if it's a crop, surely it's doing uh, you know mochaccino. Yes, that's uh, it. <laughs> it's some froth. <laughs> and then, and then we, we are back at Troika, and then uh, 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 vying for uh, nicest man in the universe, uh, Joe. It's actually Joe and Chris from Bonamy Games, but Bonamy Games UK. Whatever system you choose, remember the time element. How long is your typical session? I think this is actually quite good advice. How long is your typical session? Three hours? How much of that session are you willing to give up to a single typical fight? An hour? A third? 
How about a climactic fight? It's that's it comes with something you were sort of saying earlier on, Paul, about you know what kind of combat do you sort of want it to be? So may I come to you first then on combat? What kind? What, kind, what are you envisaging <clears throat> in terms of combat? Well, I think, you think sci-fi takes it uh, into another level, doesn't it? From uh, general fantasy combat, in that you've got, you know, a, 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 well, perhaps a bigger range of weapons, and you've got ship-to-ship combat and things like that. Um, so I looked around a selection of different sci-fi-based games, and I started off. Well, I didn't start off. But I looked at Paranoia. Now I didn't mm-hmm. go with the Paranoia system, but it does have oh, uh, some God. some great headings in the combat section of, of the GM advice, which I think we could use as the four principles, regardless of what system we pick. And the four headings okay. were keep the action moving. That's always good. Don't give them time to think, which I take to mean like, not literally, but you don't really want people just sort of sat there d- deliberating what they're going to do for ages, changing their mind and you know, decide what you're going to do on other people's goes. Third one, reward flamboyance and wit, because you want it to be entertaining and people to say cool things when they shoot people. And the fourth one, which is probably the most fundamental, kill the bastards. (laughs) And there was me. There was me thinking that uh, that paranoia wasn't funny. But I'm going to try and appeal to your to your uh, to your wisdom, Dave. Uh, you like Merp, don't you? You're a fan of a fan of Merp. I I have been known to enjoy yes. a little bit of uh, Crit Table. Yeah. Now, what is Merp? But a simplified and one might say improved version of Rollmaster. So how about we switch to space? We switch to Space Master, but we kind of strip it back a bit. And okay. We got Merp in space. Oh my god! Are you all right? Do you want to take a break? I think he does. I just laid. May I just lie down for just a second? So, <laughs> so I mean, at, at its kind of um, uh, simplest, it's roll dice. They're percentage dice, but it could be a d twenty. You know, it's roll dice and add some skill modifiers. Add your skill plus some modifiers, and and then you compare it with the armor of the opponent on a chart or a multitude of charts. It's got charts for ship-to-ship combat, for for nuclear missiles, for antimatter, matter weapons, all manner of things. And of course, it deals points of damage, but not just points of damage, does it? We know very well what it deals. It deals pages and pages of of, of crits. And and I'm just going to... everybody. (laughs) I'm just going to... do you know what? The light's on like- so poor now, I can't bloody see to read. Um, wait like a minute, one minute. I'm going to have to wheel my chair back to put the light on to be able to read the book. One minute. Okay, we can wait. Yeah, it's okay. Build the tension now. As an electrocution uh, um, critical, nervous system acts as a superconductor. Sad instant death provides all witnesses with a fine light show. I, it's, I mean, it's like I can hear choral music in the background as you're saying that. But I think some of the nice ones for for ship ship combat, they don't, they they give you something mm. narrative happening, like you know, part of the ship is 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 damaged, 
and all the bulkhead doors start shutting. So, you know, that's something to sort of impact on the players rather than just, yeah. oh, your ship's taken seven points of damage. Because I think ship-to-ship combat is a particularly tricky one because if your ship mm. takes enough damage, all the players' characters are dead. Mm. And you don't really get that as much in other games. It tends to be individual characters. I guess, you know, you can have a dragon breath weapon that wipes the party out or whatever. You can always have a TPK, but that's a particular risk with mm. uh, any anything where they're all, you know, all, all your eggs in one basket, all the player characters in one ship. So I think if you've got critical tables that that give you something interesting rather than just, mm. you know, the ship takes a, an amount of damage. Um, so uh, it also has open-ended rolls, which I like yes. the, the sound of. So 96 to 100, you roll an add-on so you can get, you know, massive impact. I mean, if you were using a D20, obviously that could be a roll of 20 is rolling add-on or, you know, whatever mm. dice you're using that could be adjusted for. So uh, there is my nomination, a Space Master, but, you know, in brackets, Merp in space. Just having a moment. Mm. I'm choking up. I didn't think, I didn't think we'd ever get Merp. Merp in space. Merp by the back door. Merp. (laughs) Again. Leave it. (laughs) Okay. We're going to go well, Lee this time. Lee, follow, follow Space Master stroke Merp in space. Well, I don't know if I can, but I'll do my best. Um, so, I mean, I, I didn't look. I only looked at this from from um, um, person to person or, or you know group combat, not not space combat, because I I thought it was inferred that it was coming later on in the series. But if it, yeah, but. Paul, Paul's making a play for a comeback later in the series. Well, did yeah, I jump? I did yes. I jump the gun there? Uh, Apologies. Well, no, 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 no. no that's, equally, all, that's all I've prepared for. So I haven't. Well, no, don't. No, I say it, prepare. It becomes, it, it be- I've got two <laughs> bits of paper. Um, so when it's it's a few bits. I did print stuff out. But, so. Um, but I don't think you're just showing that. off to teacher now. Yeah, no, there's no point in work. There's no point in doing that at all. Unless, like you know. You've got Venn diagrams and all sorts of things and spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. He, he falls for those. So, Come on. when as I was talking about, you know, sci-fi, the type of sci-fi I like are the yeah the the Ian Banks, Neil Asher, um, the early Hamilton stuff. Um, you know, where it is, it's 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 sort of hard sci-fi, but it's really extrapolated a long way. So you know, you, yeah, people have got lasers plasma weapons and stuff like that and hard rounds as well but it also you've got you know false fields and shields and things as well but but uh, hardly anyone is carrying like a little pop gun we've got now you know you know people have got sidearms that are capable of you know yeah taking out tanks or moons and things you know it, it all that sort of thing is possible so um if, if you've got a mirror something like that what 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 i fell in was okay so Delta Green has a lethality rating for certain weapons. So you, you roll um, on those, it's probably firearms. So you roll firearms to see if, if, you, if you've hit. Yeah. Then instead of rolling for damage, you roll uh, a percentile dice against the lethality rating 
for what it is. So I believe something like a heavy sniper rifle has a lethality rating of 20%. So if you hit with that, you roll, instead of rolling damage, you roll a percentile dice. And if you roll 20 or under, then the target's dead. Okay. If you roll, if you roll over that and you, you miss, you add the two the two digits together as if they were D10s, and that's the damage you dealt. So Ooh. it's still possible that you can still take the target out as well because it might only have 10 hit points and you, you roll a 65, so you get 11. Mm. So and and a lot of heavy weapons in that game, they have a lethality rating, like a grenade might be 15%. I think it is actually 15%. And, but you can also, in that game, your criticals are a zero one, or um, or whether the, the digits match, so like an 11, 22, 33, 44. So if you roll under, you know, you roll under your skill, and you get a thirty three, for instance. So that's a critical. So you you um, so then you can critical as well on the lethality. So you're you're then gonna. You're then going to borrow Space Master critical tables. Well, yes. I mean, but but well, it's it's not a table. It's, you know, it's it. You know, you roll the critical. It's 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 automatically maximum damage plus whatever you roll. Okay. Whoa. So so you you in that instance, if you've got like a heavy weapon that's that is has mm. got a lethality rating, and and you miss that, you will do maximum damage plus whatever you roll again. Or they could just die outright as well so and that affects burst weapons as well so and and i think that mechanism married up with you know the the the, um the fantastic you know weapons that you could have in the setting you know with, with like megawatt lasers and plasma weapons and things like that it just does that damage because because you know those sort of things are going to do a lot of damage um yeah so Mm. It by I, like I, I guess it bypasses an armor roll. That that's the only thing against it, and, and potentially, I guess you'd only use that against the, the you know the monsters or your foe. You wouldn't you wouldn't use that rating against the PCs because because <laughs> they would because that takes I, there's a lot there's a lot, there's a there's some agency there that disappears okay. because okay. The, you know they have no ability to soak the damage or anything like that. So, but I did look at other stuff. Um, Sorry, yeah, go on. But I, I looked at you know like Coriolis and um, uh, the Expanse, which which I think is 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 really nice if you want that um, you know three d six plus whatever attribute yep. you've got. And yep. and what I really like on that is the um, um, well you have one dice that's a different color out of your pool of three to start with, and you use that to get um, not action points they're, they're um. Um, effects, isn't it? Effects or something like that. So, yeah. you, and you can add those up um, and do, yeah, do, yeah, do extra effects. It doesn't necessarily do extra damage or anything, but it makes it's more like a bit of finesse or something like that. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think really, I mean, the Delta Green combat mechanism is is is, is adequate. I think it, it works all right. You know, it's just a, a roll to hit, do your damage, or if they've got a lethality rating for something. You do that. Um, if you've got armor, it soaks. So, um, you know, you could have like a, I don't know, like a vac suit if you're playing this game. Might have two points of armor because it's it's padded, etc. So you, you would take, you know, that would soak up two points from whatever damage was rolled on the hit. 
So yeah. So that's what I'd like to propose. Yeah, it's green. Do you know it's it's a game I haven't played yet, and I'm deeply ashamed mm-hmm. to say it because everybody I know loves it, uh, but yes. I just haven't had the chance. It is, so. it is fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Call of Cthulhu version of it, isn't it? Or yeah. was, oh, I, I didn't make that up. No, there was. Yeah. <laughs> well, Delta Green was an, it originally uh, a supplement for Call of Cthulhu, wasn't it? Back in like f- when it was fourth or fifth yeah, edition. Before, yeah, before um, it became a game. And then, yeah, well, it, it's it's broadly similar now. I mean, um, it's, it's, well, it, it's D100 Lite or something, is, I think is what they actually it's- called it. But yeah, it's probably similar. You know, it's a percentile-based game. I like it. I, I do like it. It's a it's a great idea. I like the idea of the uh, the lethality rating. I think sounds good. Good. Thank you, Martin. So Paul has completely stuffed me. I was going to go Space Master because I thought oh, he man. was going to do that, and then I was. And I've also looked at Lancer for combat as well. So I'm going to go really old school now, and I'm going to go Star Frontiers. Oh. Oh, now you're playing to the gallery. Okay, That's, come on then. Star Frontiers. Well, way back. Why? I mean, but actually, Star Frontiers is really just a D100 system, to be honest, with yeah. you just adding things up and you're rolling against tables. So it all is it's very similar. And actually, it's like any of these things. It's very few ways of resolving a combat. You're either going to have a, a target score or you're going to go for a percentile. It's quite a nice system. I've played, I played it a couple of times back in the day. The modifiers work quite well. Um, I'm surprised it never did better, actually. It's a better system than he has. Um, have you got it? Look at that. Oh, Dave's now yeah. shown us a very yeah. battered box. Listen, I, I, do remember me, I do remember you showing me the monster manual at, uh, at Grogmeat. Yeah. Similarly, I haven't even bothered to repair this. Don't, yeah. don't, isn't that awful? You can employ my services if you want. I've got some uh, parcel tape somewhere. (laughs) There it is, lovingly. You're absolutely right. It it was a fantastic game and very, very simple. It's one of those games where you could pick it up five minutes, you're playing. Great game. And I think it would probably work quite well with the skills and things we've got in place. Obviously, we'd have to change a few things around. I mean, because it's plus 10% per skill level, but we're going to have percentage skills anyway got weapons modifiers and actually some of the weapons are fantastic dave you don't actually looked i mean and they've got big damage yeah. i mean you could you've, you've got weapons like the sonic devastator which i think is about 20 d10 i mean how much fun is that going to be to roll a lot it's a, a lot. lot of fun yeah mm. so so that's my pitch star frontiers let's let's go really old school on this and um give that a go You've got crits, and we could we could always fix a crit table in if you want. How how I'm I'm so drawn. I, I, I'm conflicted now. I'm twenty d ten at short range, yes. six to twenty five meters. But I did look at Lancer, and one of the things I do like about Lancer is if you die, and when you come back again, because you have the option of being cloned back. And you can come back with quirks, so you can have all kinds of weird and wonderful things which are wrong with your clones from from that. And that was quite a nice idea. So they had a a mechanism, if you're dead, you're not necessarily dead, you can come back as a clone. So that plays back into all kinds of um, classic SF settings from culture, 
to um, some of Peter Hamilton's stuff where you can back yourself up. I just like the idea you come back with a quirk and but, as, as you carry on, you come back with more and more weird and wonderful things. Also brings us back to paranoia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as all things do. All, yeah. all roads lead to paranoia. And beyond. Oh, eventually, yeah. I think it's probably true. But, it, yeah, but then combat doesn't need to be Combat doesn't need to be deadly, does it? Is what you're saying? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's sort of losing a much beloved character. But mm. well, I'm still going to push for Star Frontiers, old school, interesting, and see how it works. And I think as it, and it plugs in nicely to the system as you've got it. Yeah, and he does adaptable, and it also had it, the first time I'd ever seen a mechanic for grenades where you rolled a d8 to see where it went if you well, if you fumbled it. <laughs> The little diagram's hilarious as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, uh, they're spinning in the graves now, though, aren't they, Tia? So, anyway. Ralph, combat. Right. Combat. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open with an explanation as to why initiative is bullshit, and that is um, <laughs> phrase that you get. If, if, you're into, if you're into swordplay, there's a phrase that we particularly apply to George Silver's Paradoxes of Defence, which is uh, basically the truth and false times don't matter when you're outside measure. What this means is that when you're in distance to actually do the engage with swords, and it matters at what time you do things, if you're out of distance and there's no threat, it doesn't matter. And this is why initiative as a general concept that applies to everyone in the room doesn't really make any sense. The order of things that happen, particularly for the cut and thrust of a fight, only matters where for the two people who are close enough to hurt each other. So that's mm. why initiative is bullshit, bullshit. Now that said, I, I just want to make that point. Um, it's, it's probably got no no play value whatsoever. I mean, you you'd have to you're be just, a real, real massive broke versus silver. You're just bitter, aren't you? But what, what that does, um, what that says is it does illustrate something which I think is absolutely fundamental to all combat systems, which is if you have a combat system, you must frame the combat and you must make it absolutely clear who's in the fight and who's not in the fight. And the point is who's in the fight is at risk. And the players accept that their characters are at risk by being in the fight, even if they're distant and it's not very likely because they're they're sniping at the opponents. They are still part of the combat, uh, and that is partly has formed my view about the kinds of systems that I wanted to look at. It's the games which because all, all game all combat systems implicitly or tacitly frame the fight like that. I mean, that, that's what Roll for Initiative is, right? But um, mm -hmm. a, a game like Hollow Point, coming back to that one, is you're basically saying, if you're in the room rolling dice, then you risk getting hit. And that is what I would want. So what you've got is you've got a clear barren boundary between before, which is the fight hasn't happened yet, to now we're in a fight. And anyone who's pitching in is a potential target, and you know that's what happens. So there has to be this element of risk. Okay. So I mentioned Hollow Point before. Now the other thing I want to mention is something I said to the original thread on Twitter, which was 
what you want to do out of this combat system will depend on the genre of sci-fi. So if you want to do bug hunting, if you want to be machine, uh, Marines versus Xenomorphs, you want a system that deals with ambushes and going through dark corridors and that sort of thing, you might want to think about one side being really good at melee combat and the other side re being really good at guns and having an imbalance there, that sort of thing. Um, I think a lot of games could do that. Um, so, But let's say if you want to do sword and planet pulp stuff, massive damage is not what matters. What matters is actually the stunts and all the other exciting things that go along with it, the creativity. Yeah. So you want a system yeah. that lets you do that. Um, if you want a confused firefight where you're not sure what's happened until the dice settle, hollow point works really well for that. And you might want that for sort of very tense moments with, uh, I don't know, your Western style standoffs or your Greedo versus Han Solo or that sort of thing. The one I have focused on is Byzantine space opera or Baroque space opera. So that I am talking about Dune. And I'm also talking about um, other, other systems where you have a, a range of tech levels, but you also have a, a martial system that has reverted to a lot of swords and knives and that sort of thing. Now, in Dune, of course, mm. that's because the, 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 the Holtzman shield has rendered a lot of ranged combat, you know, uh, irrelevant Absolutely, or dangerous. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's why you've got a new supremacy of very close in fighting and martial techniques. Mm -hmm. And for that, I selected Lace and Steel by Paul Kidd from 1988, 89, I'm not sure. Um, you can, for, for ages, you couldn't get hold of it, even the electronic version. I'm pretty sure I got, I finally got an electronic version off drive-through recently. And I know basically the electronic version went in and out of print, but I'm pretty sure you can get it. Lace and Steel. It, at its core, is a fantasy version of 17th century Europe with 17th century military actions, flashing blades, rapiers, uh, battlefield action, uh, muskets, but also sorcery and magic. So it has a combat system that's based on cards. And this is what I said about framing the combat, right? You want yeah. to have a dueling system. This is this is good for duels. You basically okay. say, as soon as you say there's going to be a fight, GM and uh, the other player, or possibly two players, will pick up the cards. You can do two against one, three against one with this system with the hands as well. It's very entertaining to watch as well as to play. And it's uh, it's really simple. All you do is you've got these cards that are rated one to four, some with special manoeuvres on, They've got two suits, which are roses and rapiers. And what happens is you have an exchange of who goes first and who gets to play, who gets, quotes the initiative after each exchange of sword play. And mm -hmm. um, you have lines which are, are measured as upper, middle or body, depending on you, whether your thrust is at the face, the, the torso, an attack at the legs or whatever. It's a really entertaining system to, to play. It frames the combat beautifully if you want a dual-type combat. And mm -hmm. it's actually quick, pretty quick to learn. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's good fun. But it's a bit different as well. So 
for that reason, I'd recommend that. Now, it does range combat, fine. It uses the card system for one to four for um, damage as well, if, if you want to do that. So you could, um, it's, it uses them as quite effective randomizers. It has a companion system for sorcery. Now, in this, in this version, you do have like 17th century battlefields with the sort of, you know, artillery and grenadiers and all sorts of things, um, and harpies dropping bombs on people and, and uh, all sorts of uh, exciting stuff like that. But sorcerers are special. They harness elemental forces. And they basically, they're mobile artillery that go around the battlefield. And both sides need sorcerers because what happens is the, the only another sorcerer can defend against a sorcerer and they're sort of blasting lots of magic at each other and they construct a shield of elements and then they, they throw their cards as bolts trying to knock holes in the other shield. And I thought you could use that for ship-to-ship combat. You basically, you construct a shield mm. with, with your cards in front of you and then you blow holes in it and you have that on both sides. And again, because it's a a very focused card game, it frames the combat really nicely. And uh, and, and I think that uh, there's a lot of potential for using that. And of course, the other thing is it has the the sort of 17th century sensibilities. But really, I I think I've said this before, I would use it to run Dune. I would use it yeah, to run yeah. Dune for, and you can do mass combat, but you can use individual combats as well. There's a lot of other th- good things about the system that you could, you know, I, I could imagine using some of the magic for the exotic poisons and drugs in Dune and that sort of thing. So, but that's my recommendation. Purely, it's use the card system from that to frame the combat and have a really entertaining combat that's actually fun to watch as well as participate in. The other, the, the last thing I would say about this is, if I were running it, I'd play a couple of hands for a couple of exchanges, and then you could just pause those on the table. And as the GM, you go to the other players for a cutscene and say, "What are you doing while you're go- while this is going on?" You give them a bit of spotlight and then you come back to the the duel again which is progressing onwards and you you pick up the cards and play that again so i think you could pace it out it doesn't need to dominate the whole game for a um for, for a set time so that's wow. my suggestion. <clears throat> lace and steel yeah i want to mention one honorable mention which is okay. dogs at, vincent baker's dogs in the vineyard and that's okay. purely but it, it frank it's it's a funny system. It's more clanky than, say, Hollow Point, um, and it really is. It, it's a, it's a, its own thing. But what it does quite nicely is escalation. So it says you start off a fight with just words, and then you start getting physical posturing, and then you go to blows and, and cuts with knives, and then you go to gun combat. And so there's an escalation that that, that does very nicely. I honestly don't think it's really necessary, but I think it's worth something for people to check out um, yeah. because it's it, it's conceptually quite good, even if the system's a bit janky. If it doesn't win, I really want to play that. It's, and of course, you know, I, another yeah, another yeah, nightmare purchase. Yeah, With that, it, I think it'd be good. Is, you can't you can't you can't play it remotely. You'd need to be face to face. Face to face. With the cards as table artifacts, because otherwise it would be way too slow. And uh, but you know, it's a good game, very good game. We'll do it. We'll do it. Okay. Uh, it, it my, my turn. I, a, a little bit like uh, 
a little bit like Martin just talked about was with, with Star Frontiers. Not quite as much with what you're saying, Ralph. I, I was kind of thinking, I've got in the back of my mind that it's going to be um, space up. I'd love for it to be something like Dune, but I, I can't quite get my head around mechanics for that sort of political side of it. But I do remember, and also in Dune, the other thing that they said, it was Baron Harkonnen who brought back the um, uh, cannons, didn't he, to uh, to take Arrakis, which they couldn't couldn't quite fathom. But anyway, Dune. I, 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 I kind of <laughs> want it to be pew-pew uh, lasers in space. But only because, again... Uh, I think I probably lack imagination as far as sort of science fiction is concerned. I need to be challenged significantly more. I'm professing again that I'm an absolute moron. But there we are. Uh, I, I looked at a lot of games. Oddly enough, I didn't look at Star Frontiers, mainly because I thought people would laugh at me if I mentioned it. So thank you for doing that. I was going to say Savage Worlds. I think Savage Worlds is very good. But I think, and I'm playing in a Savage Worlds game at the moment, uh, which is uh, Weird West. And it's brilliant. And, and I wasn't a big fan of Savage Worlds. Uh, and I did play, I played with Dirk and Blythe. Uh, and I played with Debbie. Uh, and uh, absolutely loved it. So I'm, I'm becoming fast becoming a big Savage Worlds convert. I don't think it quite works for what we got. And, and actually, I, I think there is a slightly better universal system. And, it, and it's this one, Everywhen, which is Barbarians of Lemuria. But everyone is sort of barbarians of Lemuria for everything. And, and I think it's fantastic. I think it's one of the best systems games, very, very quick, neat. Lots of elements. I think it borrows from Traveller. Playing in Traveller later on, I know. Intake of breath, everybody. Uh, loving that as well. But I actually went for, I went for Stars Without Number, which is great. I think it's fantastic. It's sort of D and D in space, really, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and 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 they said it couldn't be done, but combat can be sort of essentially it's sort of pulled down to one role. So it's not Thaco or the rest of it or whatever you know to hit armor class. Although you do have armor class, the, there is a combat role, quick and dirty, and and it's it's applied to both uh, what's name ranged weapons as well as. Uh, melee weapons, I think. Roll 1d20. Add your target's armor class. Add the attacker's combat skill. Add the attacker's uh, attribute modifier. And then the attacker's bonus. If the roll is, if so does 20 or greater, the attack hits. Natural 1 always misses. Natural 20 always hits. Ta da. And then what I do is I borrow from Star Frontiers the 25d10 damage of a disruptor. <laughs> and the critical table from Space Master. But it's sort of, I think it really works. I think it really, and actually, I, I would i would also, I would say to people, pick up Stars Without Number if you can. I think it's a great game, really good fun. Not, not, it's, uh, it sounds like I'm being really rude when I say it, but it isn't really very demanding. I think the setting's actually pretty decent as well, but... Um, it's great. It's just a really good, simple game. 1D20, target number of 20. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. May I, uh, uh, but, 
May, may I just mention for um, Starvation Cheap for Stars Are That Number, there's um, planet-side military campaigns, lots and lots of random tables, and it's like typical of quality for all of those. So yeah. you can you can get stars with that number, but you can also tune your campaign with lots of the supplements. So yeah, it's as a general game, yeah, really good go-to system. It's good. I, I think it's lots of fun. Lots of fun. However, we've, that's a hell of a split, actually. I think that's probably the widest variation we've had so far in, in games. There's the uh, the simplicity of uh, Stars Without Number. We have... Uh, uh, nobody mentioned any of the free league games, actually. I half expected somebody to mention a free league game. Coriolis, I think, is absolutely... It's a setting, I think. Coriolis is absolutely brilliant. Really like it. Really like that. But we've got Stars of the Book, Delta Green. I'm so I'm so ashamed that I haven't played that yet. I'm gonna have my my membership revoked. Uh strip back space master. But for convenience, we call it space master. Because that's what we're gonna be playing. <laughs> uh Martin, Star Frontiers, old school. Again, two minutes you play him. Brilliant game. Uh, and then Ralph with uh, Lace and Steel. Uh, I don't know what it... Uh, uh, no, hold that until the comments. Come on. So uh, who would like to go first? Uh, Ralph, if we could take you first. Clearly, you cannot vote for Lace and Steel. Yeah. Star Frontiers, Space Master, Delta Green, Stars Without Number. Problem is, I, I'm not familiar with many of them, but I'm, you know, I'm... I don't know. It's it's um, much like the idea of the simplicity of, of Star Frontiers, um, and I I can't really get a handle on it. Sort of what it is as a combat system. Um, I almost want to say Stars Without Number because I am up with that simplicity, but I think the idea of massive critical hit tables, particularly for ship wide combat. Um, and just the, the potential that has for creating horrible situations if you could scale it up to actual vehicles. Um, I'm going to vote for Space Master, which is rather out of character for me. Yeah, I'm surprised at you, Ralph, but uh, I'm pleased at the same time. <clears throat> Both Paul and I doing uh, cartwheels around the room. That's a lie, of course. I can't do a cartwheel. <laughs> Martin. Oh. Martin, you can't vote for Star Frontiers. I'm going to go Wizard. with um, Space Master because that was my original pick until Paul beat me to it. So, and I really, I really like the idea because I, I like the crit tables. Crit tables in crit tables in space makes so much sense. I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. Everybody laughed at me. Yeah, but is it going to novel your episode on space combat? Oh, I hope so. That'd be great fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll, so tell you, I'll tell you who's in this. Space Master. Yeah. Space Master. Uh, Lee, you can't vote for Delta Green. No. So we have Lace, Lace and Steel, Star Frontiers, Space Master, Stars Without Number. No, I'm going to go with Space Master because it has 
the, the element that I picked out was that, you know, you have to have you know, the critical tables, you know, and the lethality, you know, you've got to have something that is going to do all that damage and the potential for mayhem and maiming and everything. So that gets okay. my vote. At, at, at this stage, what we really ought to do is just pause in the recording to allow oh. those people who are shouting and screaming to hear the last two votes being cast. <laughs> Somebody said, oh gosh, I wish I could remember who it was. Somebody said he startled a herd of sheep <laughs> screaming so loud at the podcast on a walk. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get lynched for this, I'm sure. The dice mechanic, and it's probably Phil. It, it, uh, do you know what? It will be Phil. Yeah, I should just get hate mail. And uh, some sort of nastiness with the post. Uh, who hasn't voted? Paul. Paul, you haven't voted. I haven't. No. And and of course you can't vote for Space Master. No. Um, well, I um, <clears throat> I'm intrigued by Star Frontiers. I remember it coming out back in the day, and I remember getting it for the school club. Um, but um, also, Stars Without Number sounds. I don't know Stars Without Number. That that's that intrigues me um delta green yeah lace and steel you see lace and steel i can't bring myself to vote for a game that doesn't use dice it uses cards which i don't know just an irrational uh thing in my mind tells me that's just not right now if you'd pitch dogs in the vineyard that'd be a different story um yeah. Norman, not not space. one that we could not not one that we could impose on this system, I don't think, with the buckets of dice and the uh, and, and the mechanics that it uses, um, mm. but it is a fantastic game. What am I going to pick? Um, I'll, I'll go with uh, Stars Without Number. Just I'll have to pick that up and have a look at it. Yeah, really good. Good game. Right. I never thought I would be the one who could say I'm going to vote for Space Master. <laughs> I just really? assumed if I ever said Space Master, there'd be like a bolt of lightning out of the sky. I thought something. I've got to pick it up off my shelf at the start of the week. So Easter Monday, I got it out and was having a look through it and I thought, Jesus, no. And I put it down again. I looked at all the other games. But then I come back to it and I just start leafing through it. And I just can't put it down. I was just like, this is fun. This is fun looking at it. Do you know, honestly... When we've when we've run through at uh, I've done it twice now with the fantasy one, and of course we have the critical tables for Merp. So it was the combat system for well, the, the other bits didn't quite work out, but the, but the critical tables survived, and it is it is in both games. It's like oh that's a critical, oh it's a critical, and you could see everybody's eyes lighting up. But Space Mars have significantly more to recommend it than just the critical tables. Not yeah. really. It's it's all about well, critical tables. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think like you talked about the wow factor in games and how that that's important to yeah. have that you know to try and have that wow wow moment. I think mechanics yeah. can do that in games as well, where everybody just enjoys using the mechanics. They don't need to be dull and well, they don't need to be just functional and fade into the background like some people might advocate. I think if they can, if they if they're fun mechanics, whatever they are, then they're enjoyable to use, and that's part of what makes the game yeah. part in, in role-playing games. Yeah. Do you know, it's, it, uh, um, one thing on that, and I know that you had a, a little bit of a hand in, uh, obviously in, in, not a little bit of a hand, but you had a hand in 7th seven, edition Cthulhu. 
And what I'd relate that back to is I'm, I'm actually playing two Cthulhu campaigns at the moment. And one is Masks of Neil Athotep, where I'm running 7th edition. But the other one is at the Mountains of Madness, which is 6th edition. Oh. And, and you wouldn't have thought there was that big a difference between the two games. Now, I never came across 6th edition. I went straight from, I think, Cthulhu, which was the green box. Was that second? The Games uh, Workshop one yeah, probably, was third. I think that was second. Second, second or third. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. So, so I only ever played that before then getting 7th edition. They are just two completely different games. And I think one of the things it really benefits from is the use of luck and, and pushing roles. And the minute that those come into play, you miss it so much when you've got the you've got luck as a skill, don't you, in sixth edition? Yes. It, it, it's, it's just a, you can't say yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying it because the, the group is really good and, and the GM's very good as well. Which and it's fantastic. It's really good fun. But you do, as you're just saying, you know, there can be just something that makes you go, oh, this is good. Now, are you going to push the roll? Can you spend that much luck? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your critical table. Well, I'm very pleased to hear you're enjoying it, Dave. That's, uh, yeah, oh, no, honestly, absolutely. Cthulhu has always been my go-to anyway, but 7th edition, without a doubt, it's, it's turning to a bit of a loving. I was going to say, with my voting, I am going to vote for Space Master. I'm afraid I've ruined it all, but... Uh, Love Star Frontiers, um, but I think you take Star Frontiers as a whole. Plasticated characters, dralocytes, good fun. Uh, but I think it, it's a game on its own. I don't. I'm not sure you can really nick bits out of it. I don't. Well, I guess you can. You can nip the combat out of it. Comes out quite nicely. It's not that dissimilar to Space Master, is it? No, nope. Son's uh, critical hit tables. You're absolutely right. Uh, Delta Green. I, I'm ashamed to say I, I wouldn't be able to vote for Delta Green because I don't know it very well. But I do like I do like it, and, and as I said, all the people that I seem to like love it. So stars of that number, I, I couldn't have voted for anyway. I really want to play Lace, Lace and Steel. Actually, I, I I quite like the idea of being challenged a bit in a role playing game by not having dice. But I do love playing dice, so I can't vote for that. And in the end, crit tables. Uh, there is a, there there are dice in Lace and Steel, just not for the combat bits. And uh, yeah, maybe I could roll the dice whilst I'm playing the cards, just yeah. you know, as, a, as a, like a comfort blanket. You could shuffle yeah. them furtively in your pocket, couldn't you? Well, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, <laughs> getting back to uh, the pampas grass again. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Troy, this is the, the swingers episode. Brilliant. Listen, uh, four, four votes to one zero zero zero. Space Master is our combat system. <laughs> you can't wait, wait till Twitter tomorrow, can you? Good stuff. It's, it's going to take me a couple of uh, a couple yeah. of days to get it all organised. So, listen, yeah. fantastic, brilliant. Thank you very much indeed, gents. I appreciate that. It's good, really good. I think lots of really good and different. Get as I said, I, I genuinely, I think that is the broadest, the broadest group of games I think we've ever had to mm. discuss. So that was good. I, I am going to nick the. Um, those four uh, paragraphs for paranoia, though, I think that's that's absolutely. You're right. That is very good. Good advice. There, there are our four principles, I think. Oh, um, four four principles plus wow. <laughs> one one thing I did want to say: the the I adore the first edition paranoia game that's printed by Games Workshop, just for the damage table. And I know you already did damage, but back when you did damage, um, 
it's instead of having hit points or anything, it's got columns. It's got 20 columns and each with a percentile at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so as you um, as you go through the columns and they go further along, you roll more and you're more likely to get killed or possibly have the vaporized uh, outcome at the bottom. So it's um, it's very it's really easy to read as well. And they they place it's just a big table where they they show you exactly which columns your slug throwers go and where your laser guns go and where your where your gauss guns go and and mm. the kinds of armor just shifts things to the to the to the left so it does less damage. It's, it's so much fun to use. We we are going to have to play some of these games, aren't we? Yeah, really it's, are. I, first edition paranoia. I don't know if they changed it at all, but a big love for paranoia. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, again, I really appreciate that, gents. Thank you ever so much. Fantastic. All right. Thanks Enjoyed very much, that. Dave. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for inviting me along. Yes. You're welcome. So, there you have it. That was episode four. Hope you enjoyed it. The uh, show notes will try to make some uh, sense of this nonsense. Uh, And please don't blame us for your burgeoning desire to buy another game. But if you do feel so moved, if you wouldn't mind following the links in the show notes, that would lead you to our drive-through affiliate program, which affiliate program will at least help with the cost of me having to buy all the games. (laughs) Don't feel obliged, but if if you could, that would be lovely. Thank you very much indeed. So, big thanks, huge thanks again. Paul, Ralph, Lee and Martin. We are just getting that little bit closer to a game. Uh, If you do want to leave us a message at Anchor, that's a voice message, please do so. We are Frankenstein's RPG. Also on Twitter, at FrankensteinRPG. Uh, And happy to take any sort of feedback and contributions to the rest of Series 2. And Frankenstein in space! Anyway, next time we're looking at magic and psionics and investigation. What could possibly go wrong? Listen, take care of all yourselves and uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers.